Hello everyone, welcome to the Global Village Podcast. My name is Hanan and today I'm here with Mohammed. Hi Mohammed, could you please introduce yourself? Thanks Hanan. My name is Mohammed Ibrahim. I was born in Somalia mm-hmm. and then at the age of uh, seven, there was civil war in my country and we had to run away. Okay. So with me and my family, we came to Kenya as refugees and then stayed there for over 20 years. That is where I went to school and it's too unfortunate it's a refugee camp. If we, maybe in another day we can discuss what happened in the <laughs> refugee camps, but then right. that is where I went to school. That's where I got my, my life, my wife, mm-hmm. and that's where most of my children were born. So and then in the year of 20. 12, something bad happened uh, to the organization I was working for, and then we had to move to Canada because of that. So I came to Canada in October of 2017. Mm-hmm. We landed in Winnipeg. I stayed there with my family for one year and six months about, and then there was no job. Mm-hmm. I talked to friends that were living here in Brooks, and then they told me, just come over and we can have a new way of living. Yeah. So I drove from Winnipeg mm-hmm. to Brooks, and then I came and to Brooks in December of 2014. And then uh, I applied to JPS. Mm-hmm. I had my interviews in January 7. Okay. I got a job as a millwright apprentice, uh, industrial okay. mechanic. Uh, the first time I was hired as a general maintenance mechanic. Mm-hmm. And then I made my way out. I was working there for about four years. And then I eventually left for personal reasons. So that is how I came to Brooks. Oh, that's nice. So could you tell us about your career and what you do in the community? I have changed my careers over the years. Okay. <laughs> and uh, because of uh, not having a good mentor in the first place was a problem. Mm-hmm. And I came as a trained accountant okay. from Kenya. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I came here, I could not get any accounting jobs. And uh, it was too unfortunate, I have to say this, and it happens, this can relate to every immigrant here. When I first landed in Winnipeg, in my second or, uh, yeah, so weeks, yeah. after going those uh, orientation trainings with the Manitoba staff, we went to a job fair. And then I was interviewed by Scotiabank to mm-hmm. work as one of their customer services. Yeah. And then uh, they told me, you're hired, you're hired for the job. And then after a day, they mm-hmm. called me, oh, you're new to Canada, so we can't give you that job. Oh. Then uh, that could not help me anymore. I became, my dreams of having or working in an accounting field just get shattered. Yeah. And then I never looked for other job after that. So coming to Brooks, there's no way I could do accounting mm-hmm. at the JBS. Uh, lucky enough, I did not work uh, as a meat cutter, mm-hmm. as most of my community members do. But then uh, I was had, I was given the chance to go into mechanic career, okay. which did not last long too, because <laughs> uh, I left the plant because of uh, personal and some incident that happened. So currently, I'm on my way finishing community services okay. and as a settlement addiction counselor. Yeah. And why I changed to this career mm-hmm. is because so many of my communities are living with mental health issues while they don't understand and like mental health is an issue it's kind of cultural belief thing so i changed that to come in so that i can make people understand that this is a living thing that people have to live with and understand so that is the path i took Mm -hmm. it changed over the years but now i'm geared to stay in this as community service worker oh that's nice and uh you're the Somali community president, right? I'm, I don't call myself a president. <laughs> I am a leader. Okay. Yeah. So could you tell us like, a little bit of what you do in that sector? 
And what I do in this leadership position is it's kind of connecting the dots between the communities yeah. and uh, helping people where they are, mostly understanding uh, what they need mm-hmm. or uh, when they are new to Brooks to say, yeah. uh, what helps are available to them. Yeah. So we take them around, yeah. introduce them to the offices or agencies that help them provide services, mm-hmm. SPEC, PCIS, Global Village, BCALC, Medicine at College, all those areas where... Uh, like connecting those dots yeah, between right. the communities right. and then um, uh, give them a platform like you talk to them tell them you are here mm-hmm. this is what you to live here these are the goals that you should have mm-hmm. uh, first of all because you're new you need to learn the language right. and then kind of get some job mm-hmm. to make a living and then uh, build your credits here have a kind of driver license and then you can do your things. I believe here we help one another a lot. Mm-hmm. But you cannot be helping everyone every time or all the time. So yeah. this person has to be sometimes dependent on him or herself. Yeah. And then that is the way we, we do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And what's one thing you love most about your career? My new career, right? Yeah, because your current I, career. I changed a lot. So one thing I will love or love about it is empowering people and uh, giving people what they need or how they see themselves to become resilient. Like I know coming from a refugee camp, I know coming to a new country is always a problem. Mm -hmm. So the best thing I love about it, being passionate about the person, see that person as someone, a human being. Don't just see as someone who is uh, irrelevant or non-existent, but then see that person as a person that uh, deserves to live as a human being. That is the best thing I love about my new new career now. (laughs) That's great. And, you know, dealing with most of immigrants, what's challenges that you see trending that they face? Most of the challenges I face, we face, everyone faces, is the culture shock. Yeah. And I say this everywhere. Uh, one thing, um, it may be a cultural thing, but then the language is a, pro- is a problem. Yeah. This person comes here, maybe educated in their vernacular languages, maybe English was not the number one method of giving instructions in the country they came from. Yeah. So they can't speak English. Right. And most of the services here are delivered through English. Mm-hmm. So it is a problem for this person to have those services without speaking English. Yeah. The, and then it becomes the, the use of translator or interpreter becomes in as a challenge because mm-hmm. there are some personal informations that has to be given or read yeah. out to the, yeah. to the person who's giving. And then this person may not be willing to deliver those to a third person. Right. That is the biggest problem. But then the other thing is, Parents who came with teenagers, yeah. like 15, 16 year old children, yeah. and uh, who may see the life here fancy and, and right. temptations, a lot of temptations. And then uh, they may try to do whatever their peers are doing mm-hmm. and then hide from the parents. Right. Then uh, that becomes now a problem at the family. The child may be doing something outside their home and the parents may not be aware of. And then by the time the parents come to know, mm-hmm. there's a big gap that they can do anything about. Yeah. So those are the challenges that I see immigrants facing day in, day out, more so in Brooks. And are those the same challenges you faced when you moved to Brooks, or are there any additional? For me, personally, I can say getting a job, yeah. a relevant job, was mm-hmm. my biggest hurdle. And the, the other thing, personally, I faced was because I came with a family, a big family. Right, right. And then housing was an issue. And mm-hmm. it's still an issue for so many immigrant communities here, mm-hmm. especially now that uh, families are, big families are coming. Family of 10 to 11 members mm-hmm. are coming into Brooks. Mm-hmm. And the houses available can only accommodate uh, about five, six 
yeah. the maximum. <laughs> right. So housing was a problem to mm -hmm. me personally, and getting a well-being or deserved employment was another issue. Okay. I also went to like an event in uh, Habitat for Humanity and they provided a house for a family that have nine children because no one else was willing to rent a house for a big family. Yeah. So that's a common challenge that every immigrant faces here. I, yeah, I, I also applied for Habitat for Humanity in 2019 okay. and then um, back to the city, to whatever was happening, mm -hmm. that the Habitat uh, for Humanity told me personally that they can't have a unit that accommodates fam my family. Mm -hmm. I was eligible, I went all the selection criteria, but because of the, uh, the availability of the yeah. houses available, yeah. I was left out. Oh. And uh, I'm very happy for this family. I know Ahmed and the other gentlemen, and I'm very happy for them to have a place to call home at the moment. Yeah, it's great that the community is, you know, ev yeah. evolving to accommodate a lot of people. Yes. So what advice can you give the youth today regarding starting their career? Before I give uh, any tips or advices to the youth, mm -hmm. I need to address the youth mentors. Mm -hmm. And number one is Global Village, two other schools that the youth go to. Right. And um, it is kind of biased, I may say, I have my own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and, fine. Um, Everyone has their own this. opinion. Yeah. yeah. But then um, those teachers, mm -hmm. whether it is a public or a private schools in um, Brooks, yeah. uh, one thing I will say is. All students are equal. Right. And I used to read a book called Animal Farm. Mm -hmm. Some animals are more equal than others. But I think that relates to our schools here. Right. I know of parents who don't, who have never been to school themselves. Right. And their children go to school. So that child is left alone to feed on his own or her own. No one looks on what they learn. Not the teachers, not the parents. Mm -hmm. So how do you expect that child finishing high school to be someone better in the future? No, it's zero. And uh, what I'm saying is no one animal is better than the other, or more valuable than the other, is uh, all students in those schools are equal. They should right. be given the same opportunities for them to be better people in the, in the future. Okay. Like if the teacher understands there's no parent following up with the child, then the teacher should have that kind of extra responsibilities mm -hmm. to mold the student's future. That is one thing. So the advice I could give to our young children here is uh, and have self-discipline mm -hmm. and have some kind of goals to be a better person. Yeah. Talk to your teachers, talk to your mentors, mm -hmm. tell them what is out there while in the school. And then when you know what you're trying to do, and it's just very unfortunate because a child just came here like 10, 14 years old. Right. They are put into class. They don't know anything about it. And then you expect that child to be somewhere. Now, it's very hard. Yeah. More especially when the parents don't know about it, anything about the school, about whatever yeah. happens. And uh, I think we, the best advice is have this youth come to places like here. I think Global Village does. Yeah, uh, the genre, you, program. Yeah. And uh, be out for yourself. Connect to the communities. Mm -hmm. Connect to people. If the language is a problem, then look out. Talk to those people that you think can help you. Yeah, that's great. So moving on to the next question, what gives you motivation? And as I said here, what I learned... And even before, yeah. uh, I'm passionate about people helping people in need, mm -hmm. whether it is showing them how to do things, whether it is helping them with something that they need at the moment. I, I feel what motivates me is helping someone in need. I'm very passionate about it, and I always brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, for example, I grew up in a refugee camp, mm -hmm. 
And uh, I know uh, it is with the help of UNHCR, United Nations High Commission for Refugees, yeah. that helped me went to school, paid mm -hmm. for my school expenses all along. Right. And then uh, when we finished uh, colleges, then t we had to uh, go back to the camp where we live, and then we had to work, mm -hmm. volunteer for them. Okay. And then in that, you learn what the value of giving back to the communities. So even coming here, when I first came, the people I met were Bamenda from Spec, okay. Nasra Amar from Spec, mm -hmm. and Zin. I think they came to our JBS orientation in January, okay. second week of January. And then we met there, and then I was helping those my colleagues who were doing the orientation yeah. with the forms. And then they said, oh, this person is just new, and he's doing this. And mm -hmm. then the, I became, like, I met a friend. Yeah. And then from that day, everything is the same it was. So... What motivates me is uh, helping someone in need in, uh, initially. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned that you came from a refugee camp. What steps did you take that helped you overcome the bad experience that you went through that can help any immigrant that went through the same thing? Coming from a refugee camp, I was already informed about the systems that how things work here. Okay. Because I could read, I could understand English. Mm -hmm. But then uh, it is quite different from someone who doesn't read yeah. or write English, or uh, have no basic understanding of the English language, like less English skills. So what I came is uh, having this kind of network. Mm -hmm. I, I told you I, was, I landed in Winnipeg. Yeah. I could not get a job there. Mm -hmm. I never wanted into social services. <laughs> right. And I had to talk to friends because there are people who lived here that I knew from the camps. And then the, having network mm -hmm. helped me a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then uh, it is quite difficult for someone yeah. who doesn't speak English. Yeah. Even getting those networks mm -hmm. together yeah. is a problem. Yeah, and that's why we're you know grateful to have people like you in the community that can help them connect the dots. Yeah. So acknowledging the Black History Month, what comments do you have to give to the community and our listeners? Um, it is too unfortunate to say that um, this is Amma. And uh, we always reflect to situations or to the leaders who fought uh, for the black people across the world. Okay. But then, and again, I'm saying to Stuart Fonchi that the city used to celebrate Black History Month annually before. Mm -hmm. I think last year, uh, before COVID, I yeah. think 2019 or 2020, mm -hmm. we celebrated uh, at that hall where around KFC. Okay. And then uh, we gathered around and then um, had those events. I don't know what is happening uh, with the city now. <laughs> I don't know whether that program is still in place. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But then uh, if I, I got it right, uh, what we need to talk about is educate our young generations about the struggles, mm -hmm. uh, the problems, the, the multi-layered barriers our communities, yeah. black and brown communities face. Okay. living in today's Canada. Mm -hmm. okay, that's great. What's one of your hardest struggles and how did you overcome it? My hardest struggle, <laughs> and as I state, is still I have been living with struggles all my life. Yeah. You know, coming from a refugee camp, uh, coming to Canada, okay. looking for a house for my family yeah. is something that is, I'm always living with. Yeah. So uh, I'm still living with struggles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I do not even overcome about it. <laughs> I don't know, one day maybe I'll make things right. I hope we'll get the chance to hear of what steps you took to overcome that. Yeah. And what's one piece of advice you will tell your younger self that might be able to help the youth today? I always tell people, be yeah. yourself. Show people what 
they want to see out of you. If it is helping someone in need, mm-hmm. be out there to help. If you brag about helping people, then show it. Let people see that you are ready to help. Yeah. Yeah. So our youth, uh, our young people, or my younger self, and right. I see if there were no civil war in my country, mm-hmm. I'll have been somewhere. I wouldn't have been in Canada. And then the, coming to the refugee camps, mm-hmm. I had everything put on plate, mm-hmm. like uh, everything provided for. Okay. Uh, not as this. I yeah. never had uh, 24/7 electricity. Yeah. I never had running water in my house. Mm-hmm. I had to walk about some kilometers away from home to get water in the morning and in the evening. So that is, uh, and I privilege some people living here in Canada take for granted. So I I went to school uh, barefooted with no shoes. I had to like walk five kilometers in the morning, five kilometers in the evening yeah. to go to school, like ten kilometers a day, mm-hmm. just walking to school. Sometimes I had to go to school hungry. So for those who had the opportunity uh, to drive to school <laughs> and uh, to have everything yeah. within their household, then don't waste it. Don't take it for granted. That's great. So for the last question, what's your favorite song from your culture? The world has changed. I know of all songs, but then there's no one song that I can tell you. And there are a lot. But one thing I like most about is a song that brings people together. Mm-hmm. And it is called Tayo. Okay. And it says, uh, be with your people. That's Tayo great. means strength or quantity. So it says, uh, advocate people, always stick together, always stay together. Mm-hmm. You are good when you're together. That's great. And with the Black History Month, I, I believe coming, putting our heads together as black and brown communities living here, mm-hmm. we can make a difference. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, it doesn't, the difference is not to fight. Mm-hmm. It is to showcase our talent and cultural values so that other people understand it's about education. Right. Other people understand your values. If I don't know your values, then I won't respect you. That is how it is. That's great. Well, I want to take this chance to thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Oh, baby.
Oh, man. 